Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Podcast. My name is Frank Flake. I'm the founder of Ethical Property Partners. And in this episode, I'm going to be continuing our bit of a theme of the most important aspects of being a successful sophisticated property investor that people don't realize are important. So most people think that they need more strategies, they need more knowledge, they need to know how to do deals or they need more contacts, they need more people who will lend them money or they need more vendors who are motivated to sell them properties. But actually, all of those, they're not the result of going on courses, they're not the result of reading books, They're not the result of loads of experience. Of course, all of those are important, but they're more, much, much more the result of being the right person. And that sounds really, really woolly. What do you mean be the right person, Frank? Having the right mindset, knowing your values and being true to your values, approaching things in a certain way. And I'm going to give you some solid examples today of how this works what i mean by this and i'm not stood on a pedestal here going oh i've nailed this but i tell you what some of my colleagues and contacts have nailed certain aspects of this and i i do think i'm strong in some areas and (laughs) as with everything i'm weak in other areas and i'll tell you the areas that i'm weak in as well (laughs) if you are hearing nature in the background crickets and birds and stuff um that is because i am recording from uh, sunny Warwickshire. My eldest son has been going to a forest school two days a, a, a week for the last few months. He's now broken up for uh, for the summer. And uh, when I sat down with each of my boys and said, right, what would you like to do this summer? His answer was, I want to go world camping, dad, which was great. And so we've come world camping. I'm sat next to a river uh, very early in the morning so hopefully we won't have uh, the rest of the campsite waking up and um, uh, and I've managed to set up my entire podcast uh, setup out here in the wilderness so uh, hopefully you can hear me all right hopefully it's crystal clear and uh, and you get the joys of nature in the background as well which actually brings me on to the topic or the title of this podcast and I was thinking about what it should be i've used those really woolly words you know you know be the be the person that's worth those deals or be the right person or have the right mindset but that that's too nebulous to hang your hat on you know if you're sat there thinking i want some deals i want to start buying properties i want to start building a passive income how does get the right mindset help you you know that's like saying just achieve more (laughs) that's a result that's not a that's not an action you can take and I've summed it up as and this is a a well-known quote how you do one thing is how you do everything and just think about that for a second how you do one thing is how you do everything and I've thought through those EPP franchisees that get the best results and those who underachieve they might get results but in my opinion with the resources that they have the experience that they have 
the opportunities that they have. They underachieve. And I've compared the two and I've thought to myself, why? Why does that person achieve fantastic results? And that person achieves less than fantastic results. Because they both have the same opportunity to the EPP system. They both have the same opportunity for marketing. They both have the same opportunity for um, doing deals. But one will do four or five times as many as the other. And the other should perhaps do more than the, the first one because perhaps they've got a bit more money or a bit more experience or a better network. And so how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I think a golden example is I am unwilling, completely unwilling to miss a Thursday release date for our podcast without releasing a podcast. If you look back, I think I'm right in saying we have never missed a Thursday and we're on goodness knows how many episodes now. It must be a couple hundred episodes. And so that for me demonstrates. So my two boys are sleeping in the, the tent. I'm up, I'm sat here um, literally <laughs> in the middle of a field. When I say it's a campsite, it's about 12 acres with about four tents on it. So, you know, it's pretty rural. And I, I reckon if you asked, you know, if, if any of the campers walked past by the end of this, they would look at me thinking that that guy's crazy. Some of you might be thinking, that is crazy. You know, you're on holiday with your sons. Why are you recording a podcast? Why didn't you do it another time? Well, I have just been away for 10 days overseas without my boys. I'm away for something like four out of every five days this whole summer. And I'm committed to my podcast. I'm committed to a number of areas of my business. And I would rather have that much time off over the over the summer it's, it it literally is you know some weeks i've got one working day some weeks i've got um no working days some weeks i've got two working days it's a really uh, fun packed summer and a really um balanced summer but i don't want to go the whole summer without working and there i do have commitments i have commitments within my business and i think getting up early and making this happen and doing it is how I approach my business. Um, it's not always opportune, you know. And, and when I say I'm 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 not working for for four out of five days, I'll still take calls in that time on some days, depending on the day. My PA has you know marked my diary up in terms of when I'm contactable and when I'm not contactable. It's just on those four out of five days, I'm not having any appointments. I'm not booking in to meet with anyone. And so, yeah, prioritizing what is important to me and getting it done is an area where I show up. That's that's an area where I, I show up largely, not in every not in every sense, but largely. Jim Rohn says you receive or achieve the results you are absolutely deserving of. You know, your results are perfectly attuned or perfectly proportional to the degree to which you show up to the value that you've brought to the world and so I think that this is an area where most property investors fall short most property investors think that you can cheat and you can't you cannot cheat 
nature. And let me let me give you another example. Let me give you a positive example. Okay, one of my uh, JV partners, uh, Maddie Norwich. In fact, I'm going to do a whole episode on this. Uh, I've invited her onto the podcast. We've got it booked in for I think the autumn now. She is um, well. She's blown me away, quite frankly. Uh, in the last three weeks, I've mentioned on the podcast we're buying 27 flats at the moment. Big deal, raising 2.5 million. We sorted out the bridging for, I think, 1.8. And she has single-handedly raised the difference, <laughs> which is phenomenal. I, I really thought she'd come back to me and go, right, Frank, I'm 300 grand short, or I'm 200 grand short, or whatever. Um, no, she has raised every single penny. Um, so you'd think to yourself, well, that's 700 grand because uh, 1.8 to 2.5, that's... A difference of 700 but then there's stamp duty and legals as well so it's best part of like 750 800 pounds that she's had to raise uh well that we had to raise between ourselves and what we said is she'd crack on and then any shortfall uh, i would look to plug the gap with the objective being zero and yeah she's kept me updated every week it's taken her about three or four weeks um and now the money's coming in next week, ready for us to complete in about three weeks' time. The vendors are notified, they're expecting for us to complete. And she has gone out and raised that amount of money. That's phenomenal. Uh, I don't know anyone on, um, uh, well, I don't know any property investor that's gone and raised seven or eight hundred thousand pounds from private individuals on an unsecured basis, so no charges. Um, the most we've given to anyone is a restriction and most have accepted just a personal guarantee um, on a range of, of interest rates, but all, all quite reasonable interest rates in that short period of time, three to four weeks. Absolutely incredible. And I have sat down and I will, I will do a full podcast on this because it is fascinating and thought to myself, why? Why has she done that? Why has no one else I've ever met done that? But she has. And I think it's because she subscribes to this. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Maddie has spent her whole life walking the walk. No, walking the talk. Yes, walking the talk. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> she does think to herself, I believe, what is the right thing to do in this situation? Not what is the most convenient thing, but what is the right thing to do in this situation? And I think it's come from her being a church leader. She leads a church, her and her husband, Mark, lead a church. And so I think, obviously, faith plays a big part of it for her. Um, but I think when you're in that position of leadership and you're in the habit of leading by example, Maddie, perhaps with or perhaps without realising it, subscribes to that um, quote of how you do one thing is how you do everything. And she's unwilling to compromise. I've never known her to compromise her values one inch. And you might think, well, why does that matter? Who cares? But it cares. It, it matters massively. And everyone cares. So everyone she has contacted saying this is a great deal we can pay you a lot of interest on this deal i can help you to make a return on your money every one of those people are 
thinking to themselves, well, Maddie would only say that if it was true. Maddie would only be bringing this to me if it was in my best interest. I trust Maddie 100%. And so, yes, I'll invest. And that's just a small example, which is actually a massive example of how you do one thing, how you do everything. Someone is always watching. Everyone is always judging. And if you think that's not true, just just think to yourself for a minute. And, and this, is, this is hard, right? This is a hard-hitting podcast. You might think it's woolly and fluffy, but it's not. Most of us listening to this will think, yeah, yeah, I do that. Oh, yeah, I, I stick to my values. I... Um, I'm an honest person. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 uh, I hold myself to high standards. But do you? And this is just me and you, right? No one else is here. No one's listening to you right now. No one's asking you questions about this. Unless you do what I do and listen to podcasts in the car and then you, your kids will be asking you loads of questions. But if it's just you and I, do you really stay true to yourself? And think to yourself for a minute, when was the last time you made a commitment to yourself? Did you tell yourself you're going to go to the gym tomorrow morning and then not go? Did you look at yourself in the mirror and think, Phew, I've got to lose a few pounds. I'm going to stop eating chocolate and then carry on eating chocolate. Oh, well, this just this bar's okay. Or I've been drinking too much. I'm going to stop drinking in the week. And then your mates ask you out for a pint. And you've gone, oh, go on then, it's a Thursday. I'll just not drink Saturday. Did you tell yourself you get up at 6am and then the alarm went off and you hit snooze? Did you tell yourself you'd spend more time with your kids but actually work got in the way? Or you'd start taking your missus out on a date night but still haven't a month on? And you might be thinking, these are small things. And by the way, Frank, <laughs> who made you my marriage counsellor or my dietitian? But here's the thing. This is you training yourself to either hold yourself to a higher standard or that actually you can make whatever promises to yourself, whatever promises to others, and you can break them when they are hard to keep. You can break them when it's convenient. And therein lies the issue. Or, if you're looking at this positively, the opportunity. If you set yourself a time to get up every morning, start getting up that time. And what you're then telling yourself is, I am someone who does what they say they're going to do. I am someone who does what needs to be done. Stephen Covey talks about this in The Seven Habits. He talks about if you can't even get up at the same time every morning at the time you've committed to, give up in business. You're going to be a failure. And that might sound harsh. And what difference does that make? If I get up at six or half six, I'm still in the office by half eight. What difference does it make? The difference is you're not holding yourself to your values. And if you're not holding yourself to your values and your commitments in that area, then you're not going to do it when you offer to vendors. And oh my goodness, have I seen some horrific values in the last 15 years in property and I'll give you some examples and some of the people listening to this might be thinking oh my goodness I hope he doesn't name me and of course I won't name individuals and now they're going phew but people I've seen people cheat their friends for money because it was inconvenient to 
follow through on their commitments. And I've called people out on it. Not necessarily of me, you know, they've cheated other people. I've called them out on it and some of them have gone, do you know what, you're absolutely right. And they've paid the money within hours. And others have dug themselves a, a bigger hole and decided to bury their, their head. And, and and you just look to yourself and I've, I've said to uh, the people that have sometimes come to me and said, this person's acting really unreasonably. And I've said to them, do you know what? At least it was only for 500 quid or at least it was only for 5,000 pounds. At least you weren't doing a 5 million pound deal with them. And then you realised that they only do the right thing when it's convenient. I've seen people cheat vendors. I've seen people um, offer a solution to a vendor and then withdraw it. One of my best deals ever came from a franchisee who made an offer and it was a big deal at the time and I remember thinking I don't have the money to do this deal and it was complicated it was a complicated deal and we did the help visit this this franchisee and I it was I think it was their first deal and um, I said to the vendor I said look this is a complicated transaction there's a lot for us to do what I would like to do is I'd like to go away for an hour or two um, and then come back later to make you a firm offer. Would that be OK? Uh, we talked about what would work for them and we'd got an answer. So we knew what they wanted or needed. And um, I'm going back a few years now. I'm going back phew, six years, maybe seven years. And um, so I went and we, we sat down and we had dinner, this franchisee and I. And I said, look, this is a good deal. Um, how are you going to fund it? Because I, I don't have the money to fund this. Um, and they said, my partner has this much money. I'm deliberately being vague because I don't want it to be identifiable in, in any way. Um, I have this much money and that covers the purchase price in its entirety. And I said, yeah, it does. Great. So they said, we'll just buy it cash. And then we'll be able to monetize it in the way that you've, uh, you know, that we've planned. Then I'll be able to refinance and my partner will get all their money back. I said, fantastic. However, are you 100% sure of this money? Because if you're not, you can't make the offer. And they said, yep, yeah, I'm 100% sure. So we made the offer. It was accepted. Went to instruct solicitors. Franchisee pulled out. Pulled out completely from the deal. I felt awful. This was a highly, highly motivated vendor. Didn't know what to do. And so um, my values, so I could never trust that partner again to, to carry, to follow through on what they said they would do. They just stepped back from it and said, you know, I can't do it now. Their word was worth that little to them that they felt they could just step back and leave the vendor in there massively difficult position and so I stepped in uh, brought in a JV partner who did have the money well ha actually had the had the contacts to bring in the money we brought in the money from third parties uh, we did the deal and that deal is now one of my most over over that period of time six seven years that is one of my most profitable deals I think it actually is my most profitable deal ever been an amazing deal which is interesting isn't it because that um franchisee uh, no longer with us um actually only did a few deals um and this one would have 
100% changed their life. They would have never had to work again. This this deal pays more every month than they worked, uh, than they earned in their day job. Isn't that amazing? But they missed out on it. It was theirs. They actually threw it away. Um, because, well, who knows why? Um, the reason they gave me, I, I don't believe. Maybe they didn't feel worthy. Maybe they got scared. Um, maybe a red flag person, you know, warned them off the deal who knows but it has cost them dearly massively it's cost them by not um by not being honest and that brings me on to a video i watched recently now i can't play this for you a because i don't have the copyright and b because in EPP we have a culture of not swearing this YouTube clip has a lot of swearing in it so <laughs> health warning in advance if you do want to go watch it uh, don't watch it in front of your kids <laughs> and you have to be a little bit um, uh, yeah you have to be okay with loads of uh, loads of f-bombs basically so it's from a British Lions tour um, so that this is rugby so the British Lions rugby team which is the English, Scottish, Welsh and Irish, um, the best rugby players from each of those four nations coming together to play as Brit as the British Lions um, and they had a talk from their um, forwards coach, so the forwards are the, the big, 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 hard guys, normally with the cauliflower ears that go smashing into the scrum and the rucks and the malls, so it's the forwards coach and what would you think they're working on? You know, they're, I think they're in the Southern Hemisphere, so they're, they're facing New Zealand and, and Australia, etc. Um, you'd expect them to be working on lifting weights, right? You'd expect them to be working on aggression, to be working on um, technique when tackling, to be working on scrummaging, you know, all pushing really hard together. This talk... Is about none of those things. It's about mindset, and it's it's called the honest player, and um, the Scottish coach that, that that's that's talking to them. In between all the swear words, is basically saying, some rugby players, some of you, get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say. I'm going to be an honest player. I am an honest player. I'm going to leave everything on the field today. I am going to work as hard as I can possibly work. I am going to dominate. I am going to win each and every battle that I have with the opposition. In every opportunity, I'm going to dominate. That's the honest player that takes, and you'll, you'll remember this for me, um, an EPP educational concept of um, above and below the line that originally came from Action Coach actually so he's saying they take ownership, accountability and responsibility, that's above the, the line and of course all of them are sat there going yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me, you know you can almost hear their internal voices going yeah, I'm an honest player and then he says and other players are not honest, other players are dishonest and you can almost hear them all going, I don't lie, I'm honest. The dishonest player, he goes on to say, 
gets up in the morning and complains about how uncomfortable their bed was, complains about the food in the hotel, complains about how hot it is, complains about what the opposition do, complains about their teammates. And of course, in, in, ed- in the educational concept, below the line is blame, denial and excuses. And just listening to that, he's basically talking about how you do one thing is how you do everything. Are you living above the line? Are you holding yourself to a higher standard, in which case you'll get higher levels of results? Or are you living below the line? Are you living in blame, denial and excuses? Are you not being honest? Honest with yourself, honest with others? Really good uh, short YouTube video. It's like less than 10 minutes. Really, really good video though, if you can put up with the, uh, the profanities. And that for me ties in perfectly with with this podcast if you become a better person and by better i mean hold yourself to higher values well the first stage of that is deciding what your values are a business coach and he never actually coached me but he um used to do the same uh, intro to all his presentations actually um and in it he showed a picture of his kids and he said kids spell love t-i-m-e and everyone used to chuckle well the 20 20th time i'd heard it i uh um you know it wasn't quite as 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 hard hitting but kids spell love t-i-m-e as in spending time with your kids is how you show them that you love them and so are you telling your kids you love them but actually working 13, 14 hours a day and not not spending any time with them? Um, Vanda had a client once who I think their son or daughter was like eight or nine and they'd never seen their son or daughter in their school uniform. That's how hard they worked. They'd never seen them before or after school. They were they were always so early starting work, they never saw them in their school uniform. And they were always so late finishing work, they never saw them in their school uniform. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that sad? And so are you telling your kids that you love them, but actually they're not prioritizing them at all? Are you telling yourself you care about your health, but then stopping off at McDonald's when it's more convenient to do so? Are you telling yourself that you're a lifelong learner, but never picking up a book, never investing in your education, never going on a seminar? Do you tell yourself, plug warning, plug warning, plug warning, are you telling yourself that EPP sounds great and you're going to commit you're going to come along to a one-day seminar because you want to start doing these sophisticated deals on a regular basis but haven't done anything about it plug warning over (laughs) so this is something i do well right Uh, in my opinion do lots of things poorly um i subscribe to the saying that every day is a school day and most people listening go oh yeah yeah i learn i learn stuff do you know what? Most people are closed to learning. Most people are absolutely 
wrapped up in stroking their own ego to the extent that they can't learn. Most people don't pick up a book. Like the 10 days that I was just away, that was without my kids. I read and read and not only read, but also then got my notepad out and did took notes on what I was reading and worked out how it would apply to my different businesses. Jim Rohn says, in order to earn more, you need to learn more. And I couldn't agree more. And you ask, ask most people, do you want to earn more money? Oh, absolutely. All you've got to do is learn more. Oh, okay, okay. Tumbleweed. No actual change in behavior. You could do it now. You could decide to read in a book for 10 minutes every day and just do it. You could commit now to listening to 15 minutes of audio every time you get in the car. First 15 minutes of every journey, an audio book. Some of my clients have done that to massive success. You could commit to spending £1,000 a month on your own education it doesn't matter what the commitment is. It doesn't matter how small it is. You can always build on healthy habits. But most people don't. So I subscribe to every day's a school day. I say that saying to myself all the time. I was at a uh, family um, barbecue on Sunday. I was with my sister and her husband and my other sister and her husband. So the, the three families basically. And... We don't get to see each other that much. We're like five hours apart, um, the three of us, the three siblings. Um, but we do make an effort. So we make an effort to get together probably three, four times a year. And we'll either stay over at someone's house or we'll have a, a whole day barbecue. And this was just a whole day uh, barbecue together. And um, my youngest sister's husband is a treasurer. I've invited him on the uh, podcast, actually. He said no. <laughs> and this is interesting. He said no because he knows enough to know how little he knows. But boy, does he know a lot more than me. And that's the thing. So how humble is that? That you know, I said, oh, my, my audience would get so much value from hearing you speak. But instead, you have it from me secondhand. Okay. I may actually do an, um, an episode based on our discussion because I learned so much from it. But here's the thing. I asked him about his work and he asked me about my work and, you know, we shared pleasantry for five minutes. And then we talked for about an hour about his work because I'm interested. I want to, I don't want to talk about me. I want to learn about him. So in his role as a treasurer, and I didn't even know what a treasurer was, but basically for big companies, big companies borrow and lend money on a massive basis on a very regular basis so they'll lend money for a night they'll lend money for a week they'll borrow money for a month um and it's all about the interest rates and the margins and the the differences between those that that, that he's working on and of course he understands sophisticated financial instruments really well so part of the conversation was how can us as EPP partners. Now we have a lot of lending between ourselves. I love that inflation at the moment is making that debt in real terms much, much smaller. Um, but also we're exposed to interest rates to a larger or lesser extent. How can you hedge against those interest rates? And oh my goodness, he came up with loads of ideas. I was really impressed actually with how many ideas he came up with. And I've <laughs> made a note of them all and I'm ferreting away now on behalf of the partners looking at, okay, can 
we use that on an individual mortgage? Can we use that on a portfolio mortgage? Can we all join together and use this technique to mitigate the risk of interest rates on these um, as a group? And some of those I'm, I'm quite excited about. I'll keep you posted as to uh, which ones come off and which ones don't. And then we've got, uh, and then in the conversation rather, um, he started talking about the politics of um, inflation and the politics of interest rate rises and where he thinks interest rates will be um, in 12 months time and three years time and what he thinks will happen to the housing market. And I'm not saying he's right, and in his own words, he knows how much he doesn't know. But boy, was it interesting. And boy, did I learn a lot. I learned stuff I didn't know before. And that's the key. I was happy. My ego didn't need me to speak about myself. My values dictated that I held it as more important to learn from someone who knew about more about something than I did than to make that person think I was clever. And that's a small thing, right? And it's not a particularly hard thing if you've practiced it. Uh, loads of people struggle with that, by the way, <laughs> at all levels of, of business success. But he gave me a gift. He taught me some stuff in that hour, and we had a really nice conversation. And that hour would only have been possible. It was interrupted by us playing with kids and stuff. We didn't go sit in a corner and you know be boring gets talking about <laughs> the economy and politics and inflation. But I learned something in that hour because my value of learning is higher than my value of feeling important. And so in order to do more deals in order to come across more opportunities it is absolutely critical for you to do on a really small basis what needs to be done because then you will start doing what needs to be done on a on harder things and on bigger things it's a case of doing the right thing someone at the moment owes a client of mine about a thousand pounds might even be 900 pounds and it's been owed since february and that person i've emailed them i've phoned them less than the voicemails uh voice mails yeah i've uh whatsapped them and it's possible that they're they're just blanking me now and it's not owed to me um, but it is owed to my client and I did introduce the two of them so um, I do feel a high level of responsibility I don't know what's going on maybe that person is really struggling financially but in their value system the best thing to do right now is to ignore the the issue so not to pick up the phone and explain to me what the score is and not to pay the person that they owe. And there's no there's no uh, argument that they owe this money. And in fact, they've, they've admitted they owe the money. Um, but they haven't paid it and they haven't picked up the phone. Now, I know if Maddie Norwich owed that money, she would have been phoning the client and me before it was even due to say, I have an issue. 
here's the issue. This is what I'm doing about it. She would have been transparent. She would have been honest. And then we as a three could have worked together to solve it. And even if it was paid late, because of that level of honesty, I would have been more than happy to work with Maddie in the future. My client would have been more than happy to work with Maddie in the future. I would have been happy to refer other clients to her in the future. But this particular person hasn't done any of that. This particular person has shirked their responsibility and it's made me look bad. My client's now <laughs> about to take them to court, small claims court, over a thousand quid, 900 pounds. Crazy, absolutely crazy. But in that person's mind, that's okay. I nearly did a deal with that person. I nearly bought a portfolio with them not too long ago. I'm so relieved I didn't now because how you do one thing is how you do everything. They would have cheated me at some point. It would have been impossible for them not to because that is their nature. Their nature is if they are struggling to uphold a, their agreement, their commitment, their word, they break it rather than communicate difficulty. It's harder for them to be vulnerable and honest than it is to be dishonest and cheating, which is amazing so they go for the dishonesty and the cheating they're not an honest player another example positive example is ian taylor ian taylor's a uh, been a franchisee for five years just ended his five years actually um we were chatting on the phone recently and he said it's been life-changing to him in terms of how it's uh, transformed his life in fact i might invite him on the podcast to, to explain how because he had a large portfolio when he came into EPP and has still got a large portfolio now, but how EPP has helped him has been um, in other areas of his life. And I'll leave that for him to, to, to share uh, if he chooses to come on the podcast. But the reason I, I mention Ian Taylor is because he and I did a deal. He bought a lead off me. Um, so I was doing marketing and I had a, a, a motivated vendor whom I paid Ian so if if a vendor is in a different part of the country so I do national marketing if a vendor is in a different part of the country I will invite a partner an EPP partner to go and meet with the vendor um, to do the help visit to save me traveling and then I pay them uh, a fixed price regardless of whether they convert the help visit or, or not so Ian did that uh, and I'm very grateful for him doing that. But after he'd been out to see the vendor, he then uh, contacted us at HQ and said, actually, is there an opportunity to for me to do this deal? It's, uh, it's in a part of the country that I like. Um, I've got the rapport with the vendor. I'd like to do the deal. So we agreed, let me get the numbers right, a £10,000 uh, fee for us handing over the deal. It was a really juicy deal. I, had, I think I seem to remember it was multiple properties, but my, my memory is a bit hazy on this. This is like uh, a year ago, maybe even a bit longer now. Yeah, it was. It was, um, it was when I was in Central America. So, cool, nearly 18 months ago. Yeah, anyway, between a year and 18 months ago. And we agreed the deal. I emailed Ian saying, um, this is the deal. It's £10,000. He uh, had negotiated a, a payment structure where he paid £5,000 early on. 
and then he paid five thousand um, pounds in December. I seem to remember, yeah. So it was five thousand pounds straight away, and then five thousand pounds in December because the deal was due to have completed by December. Actually, due to complete quite a long way before December, um, and. I agreed, so I put in the email, you're going to pay £5,000 today, you're going to crack on with the deal, um, you're going to make as much money as you can from it, we have no further claim over the the, the, the deal, um, and regardless of if the deal is completed or not, or even if the deal has fallen through, you will pay a further £5,000 on this date in December. And he emailed back, and yeah, that's great, Frank. So at that point, it's all easy, isn't it? Because there were tens of thousands of pounds of profit in this deal uh, over several properties. Can't remember how many. Except that the deal fell through. Not anyone's fault. Ian's brilliant at getting deals over the line. Just sometimes they fall through. So that puts Ian in a bit of an awkward position. Now, I'd spent a lot of money on my marketing. In fact, on that particular campaign, I was underwater and that £10,000 was helping me to recoup my losses, but didn't recoup my losses. So it wasn't like I was making a profit on uh, that marketing campaign. And Ian picked up the phone and said, so I think we invoiced him on the 11th of uh, December or whenever it was. And he picked up the phone, the first opportunity and said, um, oh, Frank, the, the deal's fallen over can we come to a, an alternative arrangement because you know paying ten thousand pounds and this is uh, this is fair enough as far as i'm concerned ten thousand pounds for nothing you know for a deal that didn't complete um is really hard for me to swallow it's hard for me to swallow you know um emotionally it's hard for me to swallow practically ten thousand pounds you know and because he didn't expect to have to pay the five thousand he expected that to come out of the profit of the deal and i i explained my situation and this is the thing Having difficult conversations is not difficult if you're dealing with ethical people. I was completely honest. I said, Ian, I'm underwater with this marketing campaign. This doesn't even get me to break even on it. I know you're asking me for a favour, but we had an agreement and I'm still losing money on this. The irony is I've, I've since got a deal that got me into profit, but that, that's since. And so I need us to stick to the agreement. And he said, that's really hard, Frank, but I will stick to the agreement. And do you know what? He did. And I remember talking to um, Vanda and, and, and Vanda said, do you think Ian will pay? And I said, yeah, I do. I do think he'll pay because, and all I had was an email, right? So an email exchange. Um, I'm not going to go to court on an email exchange. You know, I'm not going to really have no recourse. And we're talking about £5,000. He'd already paid the, the first five. And so I said, yeah, I do, because I know Ian and I know he's ethical. He does what's right rather than what's convenient. And it's that level of certainty. And what, what people don't realise is that people are judging you the whole time. People are deciding. I, I gave you the example of um, <laughs> a different Ian, actually, um, in Northern Ireland, who stood up and spoke with such confidence and such enthusiasm about his business that I sat there thinking, how can I joint venture with this person? And that's just because he was embodying his values. He loved property and he loved what he was doing. And I wanted to get involved in it. I was like, yeah, I can build a portfolio in Northern Ireland. I can fund Ian's marketing and fund his buying. Isn't that interesting? Just from how someone spoke. And I've he heard him speak many, many times. But he'd 
got himself into the mindset where he was attractive to other people doing business with him. And Ian Taylor, true to his word, paid the £5,000. It wasn't easy. It was a hard thing to do because it was for nothing. And he knew it was for nothing because the deal had fallen through. But boy, am I more likely to do business with Ian. Boy, would I refer him to others now. And that's the difference. He knows his values and he's true to his values, just like Maddie is. And I could name a load of other people. But the interesting thing is I could name a load of people who aren't. And the ones that are, the ones whose values shine through in everything they do, I'll walk to the end of the earth for them. I'll move heaven and earth to support them in their business. If they phone up and ask me for help, be it financial, be it time, be it emotional, I'll jump in my car and drive to the other end of England to to help them. Because they're honest players. Because I know they do the same for me. And so if at the start of this podcast you started off by thinking, yeah, that's me. I'm honest. I honour my commitments. Hopefully, I've challenged you in this podcast to raise your game. To realise that no one is 100% congruent with who they want to be. And the good thing is, if you're sat there and you have less than perfect results, if you're achieving even 1% less than you would like to achieve, and let's be fair, most people are achieving 90% less than they'd like to achieve or more, then this podcast is great news for you because you haven't got to go learn more property strategies. You haven't got to go find friends with loads of money. You haven't got to do this and this and this. Do you know all you've got to do? All you've got to do is start keeping commitments to yourself. You've got to start becoming a better person. Start holding yourself to higher values. That is the foundation of sophisticated property investing. And that might boggle your mind. You might think, no, rubbish. But you can have all the strategies. I've got colleagues who have all the strategies but never seem to make decent money never seem to get the deals across the line the juicy ones and it's because of what's going on between their ears Dolph de Roos who I've worked with a lot now and uh, is a big advocate of EPP he says he's he's a Kiwi who lives in America (laughs) gives you a messed up accent that does (laughs) we met down in Costa Rica last year and did a load of filming together he says that The most expensive real estate, the most valuable real estate in the world is the six inches between your ears. And that about sums up this podcast. Guys, I hope I've challenged you in your thinking today. Just set yourself one challenge, one solid commitment to yourself and then keep it. Don't make it easy. Don't make it. I'm not going to have a dessert at dinner today. Make it challenging. I'm not going to have a dessert for the next month. I'm not going to eat any sugar for the next month. I'm going to... Uh, in fact, one of my uh, one of my friends, I'm in a mastermind with uh, Paul, he committed he was going to run 15 minutes every day for a year. I think he's carried it on for years now, multiple years. Um, he injured his leg one uh, day really badly. And he thought, oh, I can't run. He'd done months and months of this. I can't run. Do you know what he did? He was in a hotel room. He travels a lot. He's a very well-known speaker. He hopped. He hopped for 15 minutes on his good leg. Isn't that amazing? 
And do you know what he said? He said, <laughs> this is so funny. It was it was quarter to midnight, so he hopped for 15 minutes. And then he thought, do you know what? I'm going. I'll do the next 15 minutes. And then that's tomorrow's run as well. Isn't that funny? Really, really funny. But it's actually not funny. It's deadly serious. Because Paul is massively successful. He does what needs to be done. He holds himself to his commitments. I hope that this podcast has helped you to do the same, has encouraged you, has challenged you to do the same. Because if you can hold yourself to higher standards, if you can become a better person, your results will also be better. Until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.